Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. As always, be sure to subscribe and give the video a like if you enjoy our discussion. If you don't, give the video a dislike. And we have two dedications today. The first dedication is to you, the community. It has been one year since the channel launched, and I'd like to thank every single person who has subscribed or listened to this podcast over the course of the last year. Without you, there would be no Nate the Hate. And I also want to give the second dedication to my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer, because you are very giving with your time. You come here each week to participate with me in having a discussion, and I consider it a great honor to have you here each week. And I am privileged to call you not only a co-host, but also a friend. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to MVG and the fans of the show. So thank you to the both of you. Well, thank thank you, Nate. That's, uh, that really does mean a lot. And I was not aware that it was one year since we started this show. That's that's crazy. I remember, I remember that first episode where the audio was completely jacked and we were <laughs> wondering whether we should re-record it because the audio was so bad. But we decided that we would keep it because it was just raw raw opinions and i think that has been the theme of of the show you know for the whole time and i i don't think that's going to change and i think that's what what makes our discussion so great so i i love um being on the show week in week out with you and i do appreciate the kind words yep that's i mean that's that's our goal just raw discussion have a genuine discussion authentic thoughts and we will continue to deliver that each episode and we're going to do that right now with the topic of Microsoft, the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S is now launched. And, well, frankly, I'd say Microsoft has not done a great job with building momentum leading to the launch of these two systems. And the weird thing is, is they started off so strong. Back in December of last year at the Game Awards, Microsoft came out of nowhere. They showed a trailer for the Xbox Series X with Hellblade 2, and it was exciting. People were like, whoa. If this is what we're getting from next generation, I can't wait for it to come next year. And then in early 2020, Microsoft went into more detail with the Xbox Series X, and they showed us the backwards compatibility. They talked about HDR. They showed us how quick loading times are going to be for some of these older games on the new hardware, and it was exciting. Then we got into the summer months, and this is where Microsoft kind of made their first of several mistakes. We had the Halo Infinite demo, and we all know how that went. The gameplay looked promising, but the visuals and such left people quite confused. Then, let's fast forward to October. Microsoft sent out the prototype systems to a lot of the media and influencers, and we saw a lot of the backwards compatibility. And it looked so promising, and it is promising. Load times, HDR, performance, all radically improved over their native hardware. And then review units went out. And we saw, again, a big focus on the backwards compatibility because next-gen software simply hadn't been distributed. But then that also happened. We started to see some of those next-gen games like Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs. And it felt like this was another area where it's not exclusive to Microsoft. It was also a problem for Sony, but it was seemed to be enhanced on Microsoft because Microsoft doesn't have that big first-party exclusive launching alongside the Xbox hardware. But it felt like... We were waiting for a game to wow us. We had the Dirt 5 previews come out, which left people a little underwhelmed. And it doesn't seem like Microsoft has completely recovered from some of these blunders. And with the systems now out, 
as excited as I am for the Xbox Series X and S, I don't know if I've been completely overwhelmed with hype. And I know you've had the Xbox Series S now for the better part of a little more than a week now. Yeah. Do you still feel hyped about these next-gen systems from Microsoft having had access to the S for over a week now? It's a tough question to answer because, I mean, there's there's a lot of really great things about the, the next-generation Xbox. People that are getting theirs today will dive in and they will they will very much see some of the benefits of new generation hardware almost immediately i mean it's gonna it's gonna boot up fast it's going to give you those features that that you know aren't aren't marketing buzzwords like quick resume is a real feature it works great auto hdr in backward compatibility is real it looks looks amazing you know there's there's all sorts of really cool features about about the new xbox but to your point you know the launch lineup of games of next gen games it's not very great you know it's it's one of those things where it it's like well we don't really have much to go with with the system you know if you don't want to go back and and play backward compatible you backward compatibility list of games or you're not really interested in a game pass subscription but you do want to play next gen games then it's not necessarily you know the right right time i guess for you know to be launching the system and i i look i've I've mentioned this before you know is it is it time really to launch next gen hardware right now and you know you could almost argue that well maybe microsoft should have waited another couple of months or maybe you know push it to, to march next year and have something ready to go obviously the loss of halo infinite has hurt and there is that void where we were expecting something next gen and unique and interesting to come as part of the system and unfortunately it's not there and it does make it very difficult to to say you know am i excited about about the next gen of of games coming for the xbox because honestly nate at the moment i mean there are some interesting things that i have played like watchdogs with the ray tracing i think is cool um dirt five is i mean it's it's a i would call it a pretty decent tech demo of what what the system is capable of doing but as a game itself it's i mean it's it's not bad but it's not you know gran turismo or or forza or anything like that and you know some games that were on the preview list i still can't play like i still haven't been able to play assassin's creed valhalla that's something i'll jump into today and get get a start on so there are a lot of things that I'm still kind of waiting to play with with everyone else. So yeah, I mean, I would say pretty disappointing as far as the game line, the games lineup that is coming out for the Series X. But you know, honestly, Game Pass and backward, backward compatibility is obviously what what saves the hardware. And I think for most people that's fine. But yeah, it's it is it is disappointing in another way that you know there's really nothing that's kind of sitting with the, with the hardware itself you know from a game's perspective yeah and we're so used to having these big momentous build-ups to the launch of new hardware i mean the switch we had this huge event in january after they had dropped the trailer in october and it was like wow look at all this new and exciting software that's taking advantages of the unique selling points of the hardware itself and with microsoft it doesn't feel like they have built to any of that. It's, I guess it's just from the nature of the system itself. The controller doesn't have any new 
intuitive ideas to it. It doesn't have gyro. The haptic motors are the same as what we had on the Xbox One. It has a new share button, and the D-pad's been improved, and they've improved the ergonomics of the controller in some areas. It has better gripping and some texture work. I believe it's on the bumper buttons. Yeah. But, you know, those are refinements to an already solid controller. Those aren't exciting new additions that make you say, wow, I can't wait to pick up that controller and play this game and feel all these improvements. And that's something that Sony's done well. And we'll talk about Sony later in the week, but where Sony has the edge, I feel, compared to Microsoft, is that Sony's made the DualSense the selling point. They've said, we have that haptic motor where you can feel the pressure when you're trying to break this ball open to get your prize and you feel that release. And Microsoft doesn't doesn't have a counter to that in their marketing message. Right. They do have Game Pass. And Game Pass is an incredible value. We just saw the value get even better today because anyone who is subscribed to Game Pass will get a 30-day trial or a 30-day subscription to Disney Plus. Yeah. So you know, awesome. Thank you for that, you know, little gift there, Microsoft. That's amazing. But outside of the software, which is strong, I'm excited to play backwards compatibility on my Series X. Yeah. I'm upgrading from the original Xbox or the VCR, and I've yet to see a game on an Xbox be rendered at 4K. I'm still seeing long load times with games like Yakuza Like a Dragon. I can't wait to see those erased when I play it on the Series X. But is that enough for as a marketing campaign to say, we're going to get rid of load times, we have Game Pass, be excited. Yeah. Because when we saw the system introduced last year, it was these visuals. That Hellblade 2 trailer is still something that I think back to and I say, wow, look at what they produced. And there's nothing close in the launch lineup that you know even rivals what we saw in that initial teaser trailer. And I understand that Hellblade 2, obviously it's not a launch game. It's not even dated. But the lack of Halo... I'd say really hurt the momentum that Microsoft was hoping to build up to launch. They probably want to use that game as that launch pad right. for their release this week. And the game is prominently featured on the back of the box. Yeah. they. I believe there's a Halo Infinite Master Chief statue that was released by some of these companies. And you can tell that not having Halo there has definitely thrown microsoft a little bit off course and you kind of would have expected the company to pivot into something else to i guess fill that void and they just don't have it and for me as like the consumer looking in it makes me i guess you'd say it gives me pause because it's kind of a case of what's there really genuinely at launch to be excited about for the xbox series x or xbox series s like we've said game pass and backwards compatibility yeah those those are solid things but is that enough really to sell hardware in these opening few months especially against sony who has come out with this new controller that has new features and they're launching with one big i guess we could call next gen game though it is a enhanced remaster of a ps3 game with demon souls but you have 
Spider-Man Miles Morales, yes, it's on PlayStation 4, but we've seen the ray tracing effects on PS5. We've seen the visual improvements on PS5. And for all intents and purposes, I would say it looks pretty next-gen on its own merits. Those games are exciting people. Microsoft simply doesn't have that exclusive that I would say is generating that same amount of hype and excitement to get people to invest in the Xbox. But that's my perception as a consumer looking in at these two You've had time with the system, and I mean, would you say what from what you've played that there's enough there that would say, yeah, definitely pick one up at launch? No, I mean, I think if you're coming from the VCR or the Xbox One S, then yeah, so I do think there is a good path to upgrade to a new system, but mm-hmm. it's you're upgrading on a promise, you know, like you're on a promise that there is some really good games coming, but you know that that whole you know you know in the old days you would buy a new console right and then you would pick up a launch game as well with the system unfortunately we're not going to get that with with the xbox series x right you know and that's what makes it really really hard for me to recommend if you if you have an xbox one x i would maybe suggest just holding off for a little while like yeah you, you're still going to get those benefits and some of the benefits are, are, are amazing like the way that the hardware feels truly does make it feel like a next-gen system. But again, it just goes back to that, you know, where are the next-gen games, right? Like, as of the making of of this episode and the launch of the next-generation Xbox, there is really nothing to play. You know, like, there's, there's there's no Halo Infinite, Hellblade 2, we don't know when that's coming out. That's a long way away. The Medium was one game that I was very much looking forward to. got pushed to January, I believe. And look, January's not far away. I mean, it's only, what, 10 weeks, 12 weeks away. It's it's not the end of the world, but it's it's delay does hurt, at least for me, because earlier this year, you know, the the expectation was you'd get to play Halo, the Medium, and Tetris Effect Connected at launch as as the new games. Yes. And Tetris Effect Connected, hey, that's that's an awesome game. I'm I would definitely say mm-hmm. check that one out. I think that's going to be a fantastic game. But you know, just these delays have really hurt the the momentum. You know, and I think to offset that somewhat, Microsoft has pretty much given unprecedented levels of access to their hardware because I mean the the prototype kind of phase of this where you know the reviewers were getting access to the prototype hardware they were getting it a lot sooner than i think they would normally hand out hardware so they were giving you know influencers youtubers media access to this hardware a long time before then than i i would have expected them to and i think they've done that to really just keep that momentum going that look this hardware even though there's really nothing from the software side of the house is really good hardware and you guys should get excited about about the next gen and what we have to offer but again it's just one of those things where it's like you know we don't we don't have much on the on the software side so just just bear with us i mean i think they'll definitely come good especially with the acquisition of bethesda obviously i think that's going to definitely help them and look you know hopefully this will this period of time will only last i'll say eight to ten months before we start to see these games really start to drop from their new acquisitions but 
yeah, unfortunately, right now they're they're just kind of stumbling along with you know the hopes that that you'll you'll dig into your backward compatible library and maybe you'll pick up you know Cyberpunk for the Series X and and you'll play a couple of you know um, third party games as well, which I think will will be fantastic experiences on the Series X. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where like. I think about the previous Xbox One launch and, you know, you had you had Killer Instinct on, on the system as like a, a, a pack-in game almost, right? Like you could play that. You could play Rise, Son of Rome, which was, you know, it was a good game, right? Like there, there was nothing wrong with Rise. Uh, Dead Rising 3 was available. Forza, was it Forza 4? Motorsport 4? Or was it 5? Well, one of the Forza games launched with, with the Xbox One. So there was enough there to to, to make you you know make a choice on what you wanted to wanted wanted to play unfortunately with this it's it's like well you can play a couple of pretty okay cross-gen games that are all still playable on the xbox one x and yeah you know um just wait until we actually get some some new stuff out and and i think that's really where it gets really difficult for me to to really recommend the you know the next gen xbox if you already have an xbox one x yeah, I mean, I guess that's where I'm in that place of privilege when it comes from the upgrade because I am still on that standard Xbox One VCR and going to the Series X will be a huge leap for me. So I can I can go back to some of those older games and I'll use something like Resident Evil 2 Remake as an example. Mm-hmm. And now I can play that in 4K. I can get those performance benefits. And, you know, it's not going to feel like a completely new experience, but it is going to remove some of those load times. So it might it's going to feel fresh. I haven't played Resident Evil 3 Remake yet. So I would pick that up now cheap because I believe it's on sale for Black Friday for like $15. And I'd pick that up and I'd play it on the Series X. And it's weird that the main excitement really is to return to the backwards compatibility games because when you do view the Xbox One launch lineup compared to the Series X, as you brought up, you had Rise. Mm -hmm. And that game's visuals at the time were what you would say is real next gen. Yeah, That game looked phenomenal when it came out and it still looks good even by today's standards it's not a shoddy looking game by any stretch of the imagination crytek did a really good job rendering those facial animations on the main character and you had the new forza you had dead rising three yep you had was it crimson dragon crimson dragon yep 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 and and you had killer instinct like in retrospect it's not a bad lineup is it it wasn't that bad of a launch lineup yeah and those were exclusives. Yes, that's right. And we're now coming into a new Microsoft launch. And I guess the main exclusives, and this is a game nobody brings up because it came out on PC earlier this year, is Gears Tactics. Yep. And then it's all about backwards compatibility games. And I mean, I personally, I will play the Tetris Effect Connected. I love Tetris Effect in VR. That is an amazing experience. I recommend it to anyone with a VR. And I'll play Gears Tactics. I will likely pick up Devil May Cry Special Edition or Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. And then the rest of it is really going to be the backwards compatibility stuff and some of the cross-gen and revisiting previous games I've completed like Ori, Will of the Wisp. I'd like to see it with the HDR 4K. I don't have a 120 hertz monitor, so I won't be benefiting from that. And... I think that's where the disappointment just comes in for me as a potential consumer is there's just nothing there from Microsoft that gives you that big 
whoa yeah, moment. The, there's no there's no killer app, right? There's there's no killer right. app. There, there's nothing there. Like if you like fire up Gears Five, you'll you'll mm-hmm. see some amazing visuals. If you fire up Forza Motors, uh, sorry Forza Horizon Four, you'll get the next gen patch and it looks incredible. But these games have already been out and they've been out for a while, you know, and, and it's like, well, if you haven't experienced yeah. those games, you're going to have a, like, you're going to have a, a, an amazing experience and it's going to be fantastic. But if you've already played those games and you're looking for something more, then unfortunately there's no killer app that, that really just showcases the power of the box, you know, as, as a next gen system. And then it's not the fault of the hardware. The hardware is, the hardware is on point. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, yeah. I think, and that's a that's a very important distinction to make here. Like what we're talking about right now is really just Microsoft's lack of momentum when it came to software. Because when it comes to the hardware, this is an amazing piece of hardware. This is an amazing piece of technology. And the hardware is on point. This is doing things that, frankly, the PS5 isn't going to be capable of once Microsoft gets everything up and running for their hardware. It has full RDNA 2. PS5 does not have full feature RDNA 2. So Microsoft has the edge there once we see all the features roll out. I mean, this is still brand new technology. This is something AMD hasn't even fully released, I believe, on PC. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And like the future for this hardware is exciting. We know what the SSD can do. We've seen it in action with the backwards compatibility games. We unfortunately haven't seen it with an exclusive on the Series X yet. The medium is supposed to be that showcase. We will see that in January. And like everything about the hardware is exciting. This is a fantastic piece of hardware. We simply don't have the software to demonstrate what this hardware can do. And that's what makes it so different from other hardware launches. You typically always have that piece of software that says, this is the birth of the new generation. Yeah. Look what we're doing. And that's where Sony has definitely outmarketed Microsoft in that regard. They've shown us Demon Souls. They showed us games like Ratchet and Clank that use the SSD that showcased amazing visuals. Microsoft has really only relied on Hellblade 2 for amazing visuals. I guess the medium to a certain degree for the SSD by rendering mm-hmm. the two worlds simultaneously. Yeah. And everything else they showed us earlier this summer in that Microsoft press event were trailers or they weren't even running on Xbox Series X hardware. Like we saw the Forza Motorsport trailer. It looked phenomenal. Is that what the game looks like? Was that an in-engine trailer? Like, Kind of like we see in Forza now where you can just go into the photo mode and it doesn't look exactly how the game when looks when you're playing it. We've seen that since Gran Turismo. Yeah. But we haven't seen that big, whoa, 
moment that really emphasizes what Microsoft has been pushing since the start of this year, that we have the most powerful hardware on the market, but yet you're launching it with no game that showcases this. Yeah, I mean, let's be let's be honest. It's probably the weakest launch lineup um, that we've experienced in a while. You know what I mean? I don't even know what hardware I could compare it to for launch lineup strength because go back to the original Xbox it had Halo. Yeah, plus, now, but uh, at the time, the original Xbox Halo. had like ten games as well. It wasn't just Halo; it had, yeah. had a lot of titles that came out as well. Right. Um, and I mean, I get Halo was an unknown quantity at the time, but it was heavily hyped up as this revolution. It was this evolutionary first-person shooter. Yeah, it's the reason you bought an Xbox over a GameCube because Halo looked like something no other system could do, and it was true. The Xbox 360. Yeah. It had um, it had Oblivion. Yeah, it had Call of Duty Two, Oblivion, Dead or Alive Three, mm-hmm. I believe it was. Yep, yep. And you know, they really were aggressive with that hardware. Xbox One, we've already gone over. PS, I don't know what hardware I would compare it to for Project Gotham software. Racing, Perfect Dark yeah. Zero, Madden 06, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, Amp Three, Ridge oh. Racer, NBA Two K Six. I mean, these games weren't like you know top tier um triple a um you know nine out of ten um games on igm but there was a lot i mean cameo elements of power was another one uh king kong quake 4 there's some, mean, there was something here for everyone you know what i mean and there was a yeah, lot there was a lot really of games. first in yeah. terms of software i mean and when you looked at something like king kong the visual leap from the original xbox to the xbox 360 version of king kong was whoa and I mean, I remember seeing Call of Duty 2 originally on the 360 at like a Best Buy. And I was like, that doesn't look that good. But the game was a lot of fun. It right. was a phenomenal first person shooter. And Cameo demonstrated, you know, HD. Like these, those early days were showing that HD gaming is for real. I was like, wow, that's a pretty big leap. Yeah. And we obviously don't have that type of revolutionary moment with these new systems hd is standard not everyone has a 4k tv so you're not going to see those 4k benefits so adoption to 4k is on the rise and it's a weird situation like this is the weakest launch lineup for the xbox brand without question after having Mm -hmm. kind of dissected what these systems had launched with and i would argue that the wii u may have had a better launch lineup than the Series X right now. I would agree. I would agree with you. I mean, it, it I, had a new Mario. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, backward compatibility is 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 what really saves the system, and uh-huh. it's it's so good. And and I think that's that's you know once Halo was delayed, and then Microsoft had realized, well, we need to we need to figure out what our strategy is for for the launch of this system. They it really started to focus on the back compatibility and the game pass side, which I think, you know, is enough. It's enough for them to, to get, I don't want to say yes. get by, cause that, that makes it sound like, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're just going through the motions or something, but it's, it's good enough to, to keep that system selling very, very well for them while they do wait for, you know, the, the games to start coming out, which, which is good. But yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would say, that you're right. I think the Wii probably had a better launch as well as far as games. 
Yeah, it feels like we're just waiting for that big moment to arrive. And I think the only other system I would I had this general feeling of when it came to software would be the PlayStation 3. Yep. The PlayStation 3 launch lineup, really the visual showcase for it, I'd say was MotorStorm. Yeah. That it looked amazing, but like the other launch game from Sony was Untold Legends. Remember that franchise? I, I do, yeah, by SOE. Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> so like you looked at Sony's launch line and you're kind of like, like, okay, it's they felt like they were trying to launch the PlayStation 3 on we're the most powerful hardware. We don't have the games yet, but we're Sony. You know we're gonna get them to you. And it almost feels like that's what Microsoft is doing here, is we have the best hardware. The software will come. And if we want to draw a direct parallel to the PlayStation 3, 360 versus Series X to PlayStation 5, if Microsoft is able to replicate kind of what Sony did with the PS3, then we are going to get fantastic software down the line. Like, I waited a year to get a PlayStation 3. I waited for that first price drop Mm -hmm. when they cut it from $600 to $500. And I picked it up because I wanted to play Heavenly Sword and Uncharted 1. And at that point, I was like, okay, I got two games. I can't play anywhere else. I guess I'll invest the $500. Since the games weren't out yet, when the price drop took place, I picked up Ninja Gaiden Sigma. And yep. the game I, Ninja Gaiden Black, is one of my favorite Xbox original games. Hey, well, you're in for a treat then, because you're going to love playing it on on your Series X with back compatibility. It's, it's, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, like I'll, I'll return to that game, because I have not played that in many years, and now I can play it in 4K and mm-hmm. the best for you know the best way possible i can't wait to dive back into that type of game and if microsoft can get to the point similar to the ps3 where in a year from now is when they really start seeing that return on their investment to bethesda and some of these other studios we see like the hellblade 2s or the avowed's get dated and ready for release we're going to be in a completely different point of discussion when it comes to microsoft and it's Really, and I've iterated this several times, Microsoft has to survive these first 10 to 15 months. Because after this initial struggle, the software is going to start hitting. We're going to see the full range of the hardware. And we're in for a treat once we see this tree bear fruit. Yeah. But we're still, we just planted the tree and we're not even at the point of seeing any sprouts. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think the the biggest disappointments I've had is, I mean, I've I've loved reviewing the Series S hardware. I've obviously made you know videos on my channel, and you know people have really really liked them. Um, but if you watch my review of the Series S, it's you know th- there's a part in the middle there where I'm talking about next gen games, and I mentioned that look, it's very hard to to really recommend anything because it's all a promise of, of what's to come right now, you know, and it's very difficult, you know, and, and that was, that was the, probably the hardest part of, of the review because I didn't want to sugarcoat it and say, Oh, you need to buy a series S because they're so awesome or a series X. They are awesome pieces of hardware. It's just so difficult to, to say you should buy one on, on launch day or get one tomorrow because it's, you know, there's just nothing that that is compelling to buy if you want something new. Now, if you want, if you want a Series S or a Series X because you love Call of Duty, you love Madden, and you want to play, you know, games that that are across the PS5 and the Xbox, 
then yeah, you're probably going to get the best experience. And I'm, you know, that's being very generalized because we don't know how Cyberpunk and and some of these games, Assassin's Creed, um, are performing at this time. But we we will soon. But I would say, you know, the the series S, the series X is going to give you probably the best console experience because it's the most powerful hardware. So if you want to, you know, shore up your bet and and get the best version of the game, then yes, you'll get it on on the Xbox hardware. But again, you know, just man, it's just it's just really a, a bummer that that it's it's there's really nothing there, and it just makes you wonder, you know, because like Nate, we were talking about the the start of the podcast you know a year ago and you're right we the first episode was after the game awards where we were like oh my god what's this new this new microsoft hardware this xbox series x it looks incredible like we were so excited about you know the hellblade stuff and and you know that they they said at the time you know and we're working on next generation games for the for the you know the, the new hardware and and here we are a year later and it's like well, where is it, guys? I mean, we're still waiting, and I think that's that's the most disappointing part for me is is just there's just nothing that you can you can put next to it and say yes, this is this is why I want a next generation system. Other than you want it because you want you know that new technical hardware that that is really going to look yep. great in your living room on your 4K television. Yeah, and I think that's the most interesting part is. I've seen this comparison made many times, and it's that the Series X, if you had a One X, it really feels like you upgraded your PC. Yep. You've got better tech in it, you're getting some better results, but you don't have that excitement that new gen usually brings. Like going from the Wii U to the Switch, it was like, whoa, Nintendo changed the game here. Even the UI like, is the same, like the dashboard. Like, it, yeah. there, there, are some, <laughs> there are some subtle changes, like the dynamic themes. But if you are used to the Xbox One X or the Xbox One S dashboard, yep. it's it's the same. You know, there's really nothing different here, and it, it, it's just one of the, like you said, it's like upgrading a PC because that's almost how it feels like in so many ways. Yeah, know? it's even the controller. It's Microsoft went for so much uniformity. I wonder if it hurts them when it comes to that word of mouth hype because it's like. Oh, the UI is the same. The controller is pretty much the same. It's a lot of everything's the same. There's a lot of refinement. And refinement isn't bad. I want to emphasize that. Refinement isn't a bad thing. Yeah. But is it an exciting thing? When you're trying to sell a brand new piece of hardware, is it exciting? And, I mean, that answer is no, it's not. And I understand Microsoft's big focus, especially this generation, is to sell their subscription services like Game Pass. And the Series X and S are going to play pivotal roles in doing that. But you don't have that piece of software to sell new subscriptions. No one's going to buy Game Pass to play Gears Tactics. They were going to buy Game Pass to play Halo Infinite. Yep. And you didn't have anything to replace that void. We you know, we touched on that earlier. And we're still looking, you know, a year down the line is really going to be where Microsoft hits their stride. And I guess the question really is, is where does Microsoft go from here? You're, you just launched your systems. You don't have a killer app in terms of launch exclusive software. We know that Matt Booty expressed interest in showing the initiatives project in 2020. Is that the path Microsoft has to now pivot into as soon as possible of 
here are the games we promise for the future. We're going to start showing them to get you excited. So you buy our hardware now and you kind of see these promises fulfilled in many, many long months. In the immediate, you're not like they're kind of they're giving us an engagement ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't want to date the wedding. Yeah, exactly right. That's a that's a great way to put it. And you're right. I mean, I think what we'll probably see is, I mean, look, Microsoft's marketing this year has been pretty good. You know, for all yes. the all the the stumbles they've had along the way, the delays and everything, COVID and and all that, they've they've handled the marketing side very very well. Even the the leaks, you know, of the Series S and all that stuff, <laughs> the way that they just kind of announced the hardware, they're like, well, you know it's no secret anymore guys let's let's just announce it yep i think that was that was all handled masterfully quite honestly because that could really have damaged them um a lot more so i think that that's going to continue i mean you know that whole concept of look just keep dangling the carrot you know like we've got some really cool things coming so now we're going to show you what we're working on and they've been very transparent about showing everyone pretty much what, what's been going on with, with the Xbox this year. And like I said, they gave almost unprecedented amounts of access to the new hardware so much earlier than they normally would have. So they don't seem like they're they're afraid of letting people in to take a look and, and show show everyone what, what they're doing. And I think that that needs to continue. You know, like if you don't have stuff ready to go, then okay, we get it. But maybe let's start talking about, you know, how things are going and and when we can expect them and look i do think the bethesda thing will really help them no doubt um but yeah i mean they just have to you know this can't be like nintendo where you don't hear anything for months and months and months and then it's like oh by the way we're ready to go this has to be a a very you know the, the commitment they have to give to to their fans and their buyers has to be you know very very much uh a monthly update at least on on what's happening with with their games you know yeah i think they have to go a really methodical type of marketing approach yeah. maybe drop this. some like, demos you know or some alpha builds you know just just get get the the community engaged and, and get them excited about about this stuff and you know yes i mean i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a a problem that is not solvable for them but mm-hmm. on the flip side nate it does really make make it very difficult for them because quarter one of next year or first half of next year let's say uh-huh. sony's going to be dropping the next gran turismo game and ratchet and clank we're going to start seeing those true next gen games start to to come out from sony very very quickly like i think their first year of of, of sony on the ps5 is going to be pretty big for them and yeah Yes. We're sitting here wondering, you know, will Halo Infinite come out next year? Now, I hope it does, and I, I think it will. But, you know, Microsoft needs to really get their ducks in a row very quickly. And I think they know that. But can they actually execute on that, on that you know, roadmap is, is really now the thing going forward. Yeah, that's where Microsoft really has a big obstacle ahead is that everything, the majority of what Sony has showed at their summer press event or media presentation however you want to classify it as the majority of that is coming out in 2021 so that includes ratchet and clank gran turismo horizon 2 god of war i mean those are some heavy hitting sony ip and then you had microsoft who really they showed us a 
lot of software, but none of it had a 2021 date on it. Some of that software is 2022. It's kind of like, you guys don't have something that can directly counter what Sony has for the early portions of 2021. How do you survive this potential onslaught of true next-gen software from your competitor if you don't have a major exclusive of your own? You can make as many deals for Game Pass to get third-party titles on the service as you want. That will net you subscriptions. But is it going to drive hardware sales? Because you promised us the best hardware for gaming, and you don't have the games to show it, and that's going to continue for a majority of 2021. And you have you kind of have to go out of your way and court a major third party, and I'll just use CD Projekt Red as an example. Mm-hmm. If you could go to them and say, we want the next-gen version of Cyberpunk yeah. exclusive on the Xbox Series X for six months or three months, then you have to go out and do it. Right. You have to separate yourself from Sony and you have to begin to show your strength. Like you're going to once you get Forza out and a lot of your internally developed games, that's going to happen. But you're asking us to wait potentially a year or more to really see this promise delivered. And like Halo Infinite isn't going to deliver on that promise. We know it's a cross-gen game. We know it has to be playable on my still connected Xbox One VCR. (laughs) Yes, yes. So if you add ray tracing, HDR, 4K textures, seamless SSD, you know, transitions, you're still going to tell that its roots were made on the Xbox One. Yeah. And that's going to be evident. Whereas Sony is saying, look at these games that we've developed, at least some of them, from the ground up on PlayStation 5. Look at Ratchet & Clank. That game cannot run on a PlayStation 4. And it's evident immediately that's the case. You could look at something like Demon Souls at launch and say, that could feasibly run probably very easily on a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 4 Pro. Right. Minus some of these special effects. Yep. Okay. But it's Demon Souls and it just looks phenomenal. So that's what's generating the launch hype. It's a very it's a game that people had demanded for a while now to come to modern era. So that works for them. Microsoft I think they have to pivot into their future really hard, as you said. I think they have to do some early access. If you can get a flight for Halo Infinite out there, where yeah. even if it's just the multiplayer. Yep. I, I think that's that's people what people are expecting to see, yeah. some type of early multiplayer beta would be cool. I think you have to do that as soon as possible, whether it's you know, maybe before E three next year or you know, late spring. I think you have to transition into something like that to get the fans excited for something with Halo. Because you're not going to have a new Gears of War anytime soon. Because that's typically what... Gears 5 just came out last year. So I think it's like every two to three years. So we're probably not looking at a new Gears of War game until 2022. And Gears of War just doesn't have that mass appeal that a Halo game has. So you're not going to want to use that. Forza has its legions of fans. So we're going to... Maybe we get Forza next year. And then we'll get a new Horizon in 2022. But you still you need something in the immediate to yeah. generate that hype. And maybe it is Matt Booty going to the Game Awards and walking out and say, here's the initiatives, brand new, third person, cyberpunk styled, perfect dark game. Yep. 
I mean, that, that, that's a hype announcement, I think, you know? If. Yeah. If the visuals <laughs> are highly impressive and, like, I don't know if that game is a 2021 release. It's quadruple A, man. It has to be. <laughs> like if you could slap a 2021 release at the end of that trailer i think you generate the hype of yo perfect dark is back yeah i gotta buy an xbox if you put a 2022 at the end of the trailer yeah you just kind of further and en- enforce the idea of we launched the system we launched the system a little early bear with us mm-hmm. late 2021 and 2022 it's going to be fantastic for you. Right. But we don't have a reason for you to invest right now. But like Halo, if you get the multiplayer out of that, maybe you could do a multiplayer beta of the new Perfect Dark game. Yeah. That would be exciting. Like, we know there's a fable coming. The trailer you showed simply wasn't enough. We wanted to see some sort of gameplay idea. We didn't just want to see a fairy fly get eaten by a toad and then pan up to show the horizon with a castle in the background. Like, I get it. That's a standard trailer. If Sony did Sony did less for God of War and got a big positive reception. Yep. And it's just, that's Microsoft's problem is that the perception of what they're showing just doesn't generate as much hype as something as simplistic as a Metroid Prime 4 JPEG. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And people are like, yo, Metroid Prime 4, look how awesome that looks. It's a logo. Yeah. But people can't stop talking about it. I think they'll, I mean, I think they'll get there. Like, you know, the the Bethesda thing can definitely not be understated when it comes to that because, you know, now all of a sudden you've got, you've got Fallout, you've got Doom, you've got, Elder Scrolls, you've got Dishonored, you've got Prey, Wolfenstein, Evil Within. I mean, you've got some really good franchises there. Um, like, you know, if they showed, um, like, the next Doom game or they, you know, they teased, like, the next next Doom, I'm not saying they were going to do that, or the next Wolfenstein or, or, or you know, the next, um, showed more of Starfield or um, what's going on with Elder Scrolls, I, you know, that would be a pretty hype announcement, I think, um, to, to show, you know, to tease something that, that we haven't expected to see yet. Um, I think Bethesda, the acquisition, I mean, I think there's probably some games that will surprise us next year when they announce them. Like, we, I don't think we know the extent of the release window for next year. And hopefully, right. you know, there'll, there'll be some, some surprises there and some games that do come out next year, you know, as part of that acquisition, you know. Yeah, and one thing they could lean into, since we talked about, you know, like what's an immediate solution that Microsoft could pivot to is depending on when the deal is actually made official with Bethesda, they've said it could be any time between, you know, sometime in early 2021. So let's say like March. Q1, which yeah, end of Q1 maybe. Yeah, like, yep. Say like Q1. They could potentially pivot into like, let's take a look at some of those games from Bethesda in their backlog. Yep. And say throwing these up on Game Pass. Like here's Oblivion with maybe some sort of yeah. minor enhancements beyond just the typical of what the Xbox is doing itself on Series X. Right. We, right. We, we put in a little extra work. Provide those type of incentives with that Bethesda library if you can, just to generate that hype. And I think maybe that could work in their favor. Like they have Doom Eternal on Game Pass right now. I haven't played Doom Eternal yet. I keep waiting for that Switch version, which seems to be trapped in hell and can't escape. Yeah. So I'm going to boot that up on the Series X, and I'm going to get it 4K, 60, and it's going to 
probably melt my mind. And like that's exciting for me because I haven't played the game. And there's a lot of old games in that Bethesda catalog that I would imagine a lot of people haven't played in years. Whether it's Oblivion or maybe even some of the Elder Scrolls that predate it. Dating back, you know, or some PC, previous exclusive PC games that maybe haven't come to consoles. There's a lot of options for them to explore with the Bethesda software library. And I'm curious really how Microsoft does approach 2021 because they have to do something in terms of software. You're, you need more than just to come out and say we're the best hardware. Having the strongest hardware doesn't necessarily sell hardware. Uh, yeah, the, the One X was the same, right? I mean, they had the the world's most powerful hardware, but you're right, it didn't necessarily translate to, you know, um, really anything because, I mean, Sony had, you know, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two. I mean, they had some pretty heavy hitter titles that came out on on the PlayStation. So yeah, you have to you have to really back it up with with some big big titles. I mean, I think they're definitely yeah. they're definitely, you know, the the springboard there is there or the, they're, they're primed to do that. And now it's really yeah. I mean, I think next year is it's it could be the Xbox's most important year in their history. You know, like they have to they have to show us something now. You know, we've got the most powerful hardware. There's no question that that if you have an Xbox Series X, you're, you're running the most powerful next-gen hardware. It's Microsoft's flagship product, and it's 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 fantastic. I mean, hardware-wise, I, I love the system. I think it's fantastic, but it's that that launch lineup is just really what hurts it. So if they can get if they can get some momentum into next year, and look, if they don't have anything, and we don't expect them really to have much. We, we expect the medium to come out. We expect Psychonauts 2. But, you know, Halo, we don't know when that will come out. I, I think maybe, like you said, a, a open alpha multiplayer test where people can jump in and get familiar with it. I think that would be really good for for Microsoft if they did that, they, if they offered that to the fans. And that would really alleviate some concerns about, you know, where is Halo? Like, is it still coming out? Why, you know, how is it looking and, and all that stuff? I mean, I think if, again, you know, give give the fans more transparency into what's happening is really how you get them, you know, get them on board. And, and you know, once just keep doing that, you know, keep dangling the carrot. And then hopefully the, the Bethesda games start to drop, you know, and, and I think, you know, I, I like to think, Nate, like this time next year, you know, we're having a different discussion about Microsoft. You know, we're not still wondering what's next, what's next. You know, it's it's going to be more about, oh, they've had they've had a good year and, and now we've got, um, you know, five or six titles that are coming out over the next, you know, few months for them. I think that's that's what I'd like to see from them going forward, you know. Yeah, I think if Microsoft can survive till E3 next year, I think that's when they really have that big showcase, that big blowout of software yeah. of here's all the stuff we have planned for later this year, which may simply just be Halo. But here's all these promises of early 2022 and maybe even late 2022. And if that can include Fable, maybe a new Gears of War game, Elder Scrolls or Starfield, and all Hellblade 2, Project Mara, all of a sudden you see all those games that they've discussed to some degree begin to actually take form microsoft could be in a potentially a lot stronger spot a year from now 
than maybe even Sony. Like Sony's coming in aggressive in this first year. But by being aggressive in the first year, it makes you wonder, what do you have planned for year two or three? All right. You came out strong. Here's my fanboy moment. I know this is not going to happen, but what if at the Game Awards they announce a new Banjo game? That would be that would be hype. It would be hype, but who would you have develop it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have no idea, but that would be a hype announcement, and I think that's what we want, right? We we want we yes. want the old Microsoft to come back. You know, the ones that just surprise us with all this stuff. You know, I want them to get back to that. And and they they did surprise us this year when Rare came out and showed Everwild. Yeah. Problem was is that immediately after they showed the trailer, it wasn't Banjo. You had reports coming out that Rare was like, "We don't even know what the game is yet." <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, how far away is this game? Like, we yeah. just started it. Oh no! <laughs> like, right. that's not the news you want to follow a, a a trailer. We want to hear that the game's fifty percent done. Yes. And. I mean, that's where I think if Microsoft up to next year, if they have their E3 or, you know, a media event for next summer, if they can really show all this stuff that's in production and they can slap on some dates, they're going to look really strong. Because if Sony does launch so strongly in these opening months and they don't have anything that's, you know, megaton for their second half of year two into year three, that's where Microsoft might be hitting really their stride. And if they just have hit after hit... They're gonna look. Inc- they're gonna. It's gonna do a complete flip. Where we are looking at Microsoft now as looking weak software-wise, they're gonna look incredibly strong. And Sony could potentially be looking weak. Yeah. Because, like, Naughty Dog released The Last of Us Part Two this year. So what are we looking at realistically for their next game? Twenty twenty-four. Yeah, three years away, maybe two years away. Oh. It's gonna be a while, right? Nothing from Naughty Dog for the foreseeable future, unless they do like a enhanced version of Part Two for PS Five. I would expect they might do a collection where they just bundle Part One and Two with enhanced PS Five, you know, visuals and stuff. Yeah, like that'd be that's a nice little. I, I call it a filler release. Right. It's a great release. It gets people excited, but it's you know it's not something you. It's not a pillar in terms of a software release. You have Insomniac. They have Miles Morales out for launch. We have Ratchet and Clank early next year. There is an expectation that they will have a true Spider-Man 2 potentially in 2021, but maybe that's 2022. So we have a general idea of what they're working on. Then you go to, we know the God of War team is making God of War. We know Gorilla is making Horizon 2. I don't think God of War is coming out next year, though. I think that's a placeholder. I, I think their intention is to have it as a holiday game, but if we use the PlayStation 4 generation as any sort of barometer, then every single game Sony had dated <laughs> for the holiday in spring. So yeah. maybe it gets delayed. And then we know the fine people at Sucker Punch. They just put out Ghost of Tsushima this year. So And that was only their second game over the course of the entire PlayStation 4 generation. They had yep. Infamous Second Son, I believe that was within the first year of the PlayStation 4. It was, yeah. Then they did Second Light as the DLC expansion to it. And then we waited, what, three years for Ghosts. So what are we looking at from Sucker Punch? Maybe another three years for their next game. So Sony's big internal studios, we kind of have a blueprint for what they're doing and kind of have an idea of when their games could be coming out. And it's a lot of them, it's pretty much 2020, 2021. And then we're looking at 2023 and beyond. Right. Whereas for 
Microsoft were looking at nothing in 2020. Right. One or two things in 2021, but then everything in 2022, 2023 and beyond. So Microsoft's weak in the beginning, but they're going to gain that strength later on. Sony's incredibly strong in the beginning, but maybe they get weak in the middle. Yeah. I do we think I, I do think that um, Microsoft has has a focus for next year. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say they've been complacent. Like these studios have been left to their own devices to do to, to do things, and maybe they haven't they haven't you know right. delivered. Right. I mean, that's unfair to say that, but I do think Microsoft will step in and have a lot more input on on what's happening and 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 hold these studios more to their, their roadmap, maybe, you know, more now than they have in the past. I do think Microsoft is trying to get back to, to I don't want to say the good old days, but the, the, the days where they were just dropping release after release after release, um, there was a lot to look forward to. And like I said, I think, you know, the launching pads there, they have everything set in stone now. Now it's really yep. just up to them to you know to execute on on the vision and uh, yeah look I think if you're an Xbox fan listening to this you know we, we have been a little I don't want to say harsh but we've been critical of of some some aspects to the next generation launch of the Xbox Series X but yes. I think you should you know going to next year feeling really good about where things are at you know the Bethesda acquisition definitely cannot be understated i think that's massive there is talk about new new acquisitions that are ongoing as well um you know halo will come out next year at some point and i think <laughs> um i think you know the future is definitely bright for microsoft and the xbox and look i'm here for the ride and i want them to get back to the the good old days i i've i've been an xbox fan since literally the first day and i i want them to get back to to um you know to where they were and and in in many ways this does feel like the Xbox 360 being rebooted again. That that era that that I loved so much, and hopefully we'll we'll start to see that next year. And I think Nate, you're right. You know, I think E3 is assuming there is E3 next year. Hopefully there is. Um, <laughs> I think Microsoft really will have that platform now at that point where they can start to to show us what they've got, and hopefully it'll surprise people. You know. Yeah, yeah. E3 feels like kind of that the moment they're building to right now and yeah as you said like it it is reminding me a lot of the xbox 360 era of microsoft they are building to something great and as we've said if you're an xbox fan right now and you're on the edge about buying a new system the hardware is fantastic we are simply just waiting for that software yeah. to demonstrate those strengths it's coming the promise has been made the engagement ring is on the finger the e3 is when they're going to call the caterer Mm-hmm. Yeah. Book the menu, and hopefully they set the date. We're just waiting for that to take place, and yeah, we have to wait those six months, you know, six to eight months. And once we get there, we're going to have a better vision of what Microsoft's plan is moving into the future. We have that. We have the blueprint in front of us. We see the Bethesda acquisition. We know what some of the internal studios are building with Fable, the Initiative's game, avowed from Private Division rare with Everwild. We see all the promise. We see the stars in the sky for the constellation. I think what's exciting is what we don't know yet. I think that's where I get excited about this stuff because there's obviously more that that they haven't told us about yet. And I I think once we start to see that, that's where it's going to get really good. And there can be more acquisitions in the future. I mean, we've seen reports out of Japan that 
Microsoft is sending employees to talk to some Japanese studios. So they are potentially looking to acquire a Japanese developer or maybe even Japanese publisher. It's not going to be Sega, so people don't need to start speculating <laughs> something like that. But like, we can look to the sky and see what their promise is. We're just waiting for that last cloud to move out of the way to get the full picture of Microsoft's vision. Yeah. And I think once it becomes clear, it's going to be, okay, they really built something special. And when it comes to these type of things, there's growing pains. And we are experiencing the growing pains right now. Instead of later, they came at the beginning. And hopefully we have a lot of stuff to be excited about in the year. So like for launch week, buy into the promise. You're buying a great piece of hardware with promise of fantastic software. If you want some fantastic software, you can wait. Yeah. If you have to wait another two years, no harm, no fall, you'll get probably a good deal. So the prices of hardware may come down by 2022. And if you're already on a One X, you can play a lot of these games in 4K with fantastic visuals. You're just not going to get ray tracing and the benefits of the SSD. If you're like me and upgrading from my Xbox One VCR, buy an Xbox Series S or Series X this week and enjoy those benefits that the hardware is providing you because there's probably a lot of games in your backlog that you'd like to go back to, but maybe performance or load times were just too much to bear. And those are going to be alleviated now. And you have those... Fantastic games on Game Pass like Tetris Effect Connected that you can dive into or Gears Tactics. So there's definitely a lot to enjoy this week if you're buying a new Xbox. But if you are a little hesitant, your fears and concerns aren't unwarranted. There's definitely a reason to be a little hesitant right now, but great things are around the corner and we will turn the corner in time. Yeah, I agree. And don't forget EA is also getting their subscription on yeah. on the xbox as well so you'll get access to that catalog of games which is which is really cool so i mean i think value wise you know it's it's a really good deal just if you want That's if you want next gen then maybe just hold off a little while that is true you with game pass you have access to ea access which means you have access to brand new madden nhl ea's vast back catalog you mm-hmm. can play games Dead Space Trilogy, the Mass Effect Trilogy, Black. Yep. There's a lot of games on that service. So you're not even that big big of an EA fan, but there's maybe a few games there that you would like to give a check out to. Just get Game Pass, pop it in, or subscribe on your Series X or S, and you have access to a lot of brand new games this week. So again, you can be excited, and if you're hesitant, it's okay. Yeah. We're right there with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we got a few Streamlab questions this week. We have a dollar donation from Karim, who writes, Hey there, MVG and Nate and guest. Do you guys think that Metroid Prime 4 might drop the number four from the title to entice newcomers? May the prime ribs be with you. <laughs> I didn't even know how to answer that question. Nate, what do you think about Metroid Prime 4? <laughs> drop uh, drop I think the four. I don't know. Um, but four doesn't really give it any benefit because it's been what, like 19 years since Prime One came out. Yep. So, but if you come out with the Prime trilogy, I guess you want people to know they're continuing the story. So, yeah. Man, Nintendo only uses numbers on like one franchise, and it's now Mario Kart, and they didn't use numbers for 95 percent of the releases. 
Um, no, keep the four. Yeah, I'd say keep the four as well. I mean, four is a, a statement. You know, the, this game, whenever it comes out, is was years in, in the making. That's true. <laughs> if you just say Metroid Prime, it's like, well, which one are we talking about? <laughs> That's the confusion with the Xbox. It's exactly. the Xbox Series X, like... But was there a Series Y? Like, <laughs> you bought the Xbox One, but it came after the 360. You don't know where the hell we are in terms of releases. <laughs> we then had a $5 donation from Jake, who says, Hey, Nate and MVG, love the Switch 2021 talk. I'm curious what price point you see a 4K-ready Switch releasing at. Do you think that they, tr- that they try to save on cost in some way? I think back to the newer 3DS shipping without a charger. Could it ship without a dock? Um, the Revision Hybrid, which should have 4K features of some sort, I believe it It probably has to ship with a dock because it might need a different yeah. USB. I think it will, so, yeah. Yeah, so you'd have to do that. I don't think Nintendo would try to save costs Anyway, if they try to with the 4K hybrid, it'd probably be something like, you already own Joy-Cons. We're not giving you some. But I would expect the price to be $399, and it was just a full-on replacement for the current Switch that sits at that price point. And it just kind of fades away like they kind of did with the 3DSs. So yeah, $299 comes with a dock. I don't think Nintendo tries to cheap us out this time. I agree. I think $299 would be where I would put it. And I mean, not that nintendo is too concerned about its competition because i mean they're absolutely killing it but we just talked about the series s that is a 299 machine that has a lot of power so yeah i I would say 299 for a a 4k capable system is is about right for me yeah then we had a five dollar donation from skit tittles great hello friends i have a counterpoint to your last episode and the topic of a new 3d mario while while i don't doubt nintendo will have one ready for holiday 2021. I suspect it will be released in summer 2022 to coincide with the Illuminations movie. Maybe. I mean, that is pretty much free marketing of sorts for Nintendo to use the movie as a buffer for the game. You can throw a trailer of the game before the movie, or you could even have the game featured in the movie and get people excited, kind of like... What was the movie with Ben Savage? Oh. Um, um, something Wizard? Yeah. And they had Mario Brothers 3 before it even came out, and he was, like, finding secrets in the game, even though he never could have played it. I need to I need to look up. I can't remember what it was called. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, never actually I'm, I'm familiar with it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I never actually saw that movie before my time. Um, it's called The Wizard. It is The Wizard. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. I, I had to look it up. I thought it was. It I thought it was something wizard, like Dark yeah. Wizard or something. But it's just called The Wizard. Yeah, I could see them maybe do something like that. I mean, I guess it depends if Nintendo has a three D Mario and a two D Mario in development, and then you could just use the two D Mario to put alongside the Illumination movie. Yeah. So they might have a lot of flexibility there. But I'm sure they do something. Then again, Sonic movie released without a new Sonic game, so they could just pull a Sega. That's true. Like, we don't need that free marketing hype. <laughs> <laughs> then had a $12 donation from Dan74. 
who says, you have speculated about this several times, but I wanted to ask in a, a different way. I appreciate your reasonable take. Switch 2 is coming in 2023 for 299. What is a reasonable power level to expect? Base PS4 level? Possible to get Final Fantasy 7 a remake then? Um, a reasonable power level for a Switch 2 in 2023, so a full-on Switch successor in 2023, right now is really difficult to gauge simply because mobile technology accelerates and it's progressing at such a fast pace that you could realistically be looking at a Switch 2 that has a performance range closer to a PlayStation 4 Pro in the current Switch form factor. And then if you include features like DLSS and you know all this yeah. new technology that's coming out now, you're looking at a piece of hardware that could be very powerful for its size. So you could get a PlayStation 4 Pro in a Switch form factor in 2023, but it really... It's dependent on how NVIDIA progresses with their mobile chip line, and they are making some great advancements. I agree. And I think just to add to that, it's a, it's a general comment, but I think one of the hardest things to do is predict the next next <laughs> Nintendo generation, what that will yeah. entail, you know, because we're, we're assuming they're just going to take the Switch model and refine it and make it more modern, right? But... Right. I mean, that may not be accurate at all. They they may take it in a different direction. You know, that sounds a little strange to consider, considering how successful the hardware's been. But they may they may take it somewhere else, so we don't know. You know, and I think that's yeah. Nintendo always surprises us with with stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, they could decide to make a switch the size of the Game Gear that just came out of Japan, the Game Gear Mini, where the screen is the size of a postage stamp for right. no reason other than they could. <laughs> they they could. Yeah. If Nintendo does, yeah, if they do do a similar form factor, yeah, PS4 Pro is well within yep. realistic expectation. But they, Nintendo, they could do they, the, they could do the two skew approach where they have a handheld and then they have a more powerful, just you know, yep. regular system. But it, it runs the same games, albeit at different resolutions and and maybe yeah. different frame rates. Which is an interesting path for them to potentially explore because, as we have said, we could be looking at Nintendo maybe introducing a tv only nintendo switch in 2021 and then you'd have the tv only you'd have hybrid and you'd have light and if you have these three SKUs for the single switch when it comes around time for to launch a new generation do you launch with three SKUs right out of the box saying yeah. portable only hybrid tv only and that could be an avenue they explore as well and you could potentially have that but that could be a development nightmare we'll see how the series s works out for microsoft then had a $25 donation from Zadia Quest. Said, just for fun, do you think Sony and or Microsoft will eventually release variants of their next generation consoles and in addition to the models they are launching with? Or do the launch models carry us through the next generation? Thanks. I am 100% anticipating a pro type variant and a slim variant for both the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. I will counter that and say there will not be a mid-season Pro model, but Ooh. there will be revisions on the hardware. So we'll I'll, we'll see a slim model where there's a die shrink and they change maybe the the design slightly. 
which you know they normally do that kind of in the middle of the season but i've i've said before that i think the ps4 pro and the xbox one x were you know necessary revisions of that generation because hdr and 4k was coming into that generation i think right now unless we have 8k which hey it could happen i mean you know two years from now we may be talking about 8k games unless that 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 happens um i don't anticipate that we'll see a pro version i think i think this is it for the hardware going forward I can see an elite type of thing like they did with the 360 where they maybe just improve the build of materials. Yeah, I could see that too. But these systems are made, these are premium right. products right now. They just shouldn't really encounter any issues like we saw with like the 360 where they had to make the elite yeah. where they included like the HDMI and everything. So I'm still anticipating some sort of pro though. Don't yeah. know what they'll do, but I, I, I can see it happening. It's possible, Nate. I mean... You know, you have to look at, at, at the past to, to try to predict the future. I, I get it. But I also think these systems, out of the gate, they're very powerful. Both of them, you know, both Microsoft and Sony have very powerful hardware. And I think it'll, it'll keep, them, keep them good for a while. I mean, but that, again, that may change. I mean, we could be in a situation a few years from now where we're struggling to, to hold 4K60 on games. And, you know, sure. they may need to um, to make some adjustments to, to get to the next the next level i guess yeah i mean in many ways the series x is using cutting edge technology with the rdna2 architecture so one thing i think we can definitely agree on for a variant coming out in the future is they will release some sort of model that has a bigger ssd no question that- <laughs> no no question yeah i i would agree with that <laughs> ben had a five dollar donation from ypcs who says love the podcast always great content do you guys think there is a chance of getting a mario strikers game next year and if so would it be a port of an older game or a new entry as much as i would love a brand new mario strikers game from next level games i kind of anticipate that they are working a brand new luigi's mansion because luigi's mansion four or three was a huge success so i think they're probably making luigi's mansion four if they had to choose a port of an older one I want them to port the GameCube one because the Wii one had the motion goalie stuff and it didn't translate that well. And something about the gameplay of the Wii one just felt off compared to the GameCube original. Mario Strikers is a fantastic soccer game and Nintendo should bring it to Switch so we can play it online and have a lot of fun scoring awesome goals and watching Waluigi do the WWE (laughs) suck it sign. (laughs) I think um, we probably won't see a Mario Strikers game. If we do, it will be with the emulation that Nerd has built for the GameCube, and maybe we'll see some type of GameCube on the Nintendo Switch Online eventually. I'm not saying it will happen anytime soon, and if if that's the case, I think that's our best chance at a Mario Strikers game on the Switch. You know what? I would take that. I'd take it too. I think that'd be great to, to have that come back. I would take that. Then had a $3 do- donation from Kareem, who writes, While playing the demo for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, I noticed that the video capture feature was enabled when other games like Fortnite actively removed it from removed it to improve performance. So I gotta wonder if that might be removed before Hyrule Warriors releases. 
a lot of the performance issues with Age of Calamity is really just engine related. Yeah. They could remove the feature if it does bring about a noticeable change to performance, usually disabling the video capture. I think it only nets some games, maybe a few frames here and there. But the fact that Age of Calamity does drop to single digit frames in certain intense battle scenarios, there is a benefit to it. But I don't anticipate that they will end up doing that. I think the game will get patched over time to hopefully smooth out some of the improvement. But we also have to wonder whether or not the demo is potentially based on a slightly out-of-date build. And maybe some of these problems have been ironed out by for the retail release coming later in the month. We don't know those specifics, but if the improvement for disabling it did bring about sufficient change, they would do it, but I'm not anticipating that they will. I'm just expecting some patches to smooth out some of the more problematic areas, but it's really just the nature of the genre, the engine, and some of the bottlenecks of the Switch itself. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's obviously very CPU-bound with everything that's going on on screen. Unfortunately, yeah, disabling the video stuff is not the magic bullet, I guess, that will help its performance it does need optimization and i'm look I, i'm pretty confident that they know what they need to do and i think when the game does come out it if it's not you know if it's not optimized at launch i think it will eventually get patched to to run run better yeah absolutely and that will conclude the Streamlabs questions for this week if you'd like to support the channel we have a Streamlabs link in the description below on youtube you can donate any amount you would like. If you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. Or you can dedicate a dollar and you can ask us a question. The choice is yours. As always, I'd like to thank MVG for joining me for this episode, as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Nate. And you can find a link to Modern Vintage Gamers' YouTube channel in the description below where you can find a review of the Xbox Series S, a teardown of the Xbox Series S hardware, as well as other Xbox Series S coverage. And if you enjoyed the video, give the video a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Let us know your thoughts on Microsoft's failure leading to launch of the Xbox Series S and X in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate. <laughs>